Hello and welcome to Grain Insight, a CN update on getting your grain to market. I'm David Shidnovic, and joining me is Mike Merson, Superintendent Network Operations. Mike, we're going to discuss resource planning today, but before we get into that, can you talk a bit about your history with CN along with your current responsibilities? Great. Thanks, David. I've been with CN for 15 years, a variety of operational roles, including some field roles in the Toronto, Edmonton, and Vancouver areas. In terms of the operational support functions I've worked in at CN, I've included car management, locomotive fleet management, service design, and now network operations in that list. In my current role of network operations superintendent, I watch the entire network, how it's moving, how we position resources, and we make balancing moves. And by that, I mean we position resources where they will be required for future traffic demand. I work closely with the RTC centers as well as the field divisions regarding short and long-term crew planning, as well as long-term traffic forecasting and what that forecast means for their individual territories. Thanks for that, Mike. Now let's get into demand forecasting. In a nutshell, why is it so critical that CN receive accurate demand forecasts from customers? Timely and accurate customer demand forecasts provided to CN by our customers is the cornerstone of the good business planning we want to do. It's applicable to the railroad just as much as it's applicable to any other business. In the absence of demand forecasts that originates from the customers, we are required to make certain assumptions and often rely on historical performance rather than looking forward towards future needs. When there is new business or fairly significant changes in patterns that we are not aware of, our lead time for more crews, additional locomotives, rail cars, and tracks are usually much longer than the customer thinks. It leaves a gap in resource levels that could have been avoided with better forecasting and communication. At the quality level, too, of the forecasting, it's critical. There's a certain level of detail that's needed for us because we don't just plan from the origin. We need to plan from the origin all the way to the destination and all points in between. Having said that, we understand that for many customers, it's not easy to forecast, especially in such uncertain times as we are in now, never mind a more normal economy. All right, so we have short-term and long-term planning. Can you discuss that a bit here? Short-term is less than 12 months out. Uh, That's a focus on more immediate resources like crews and locomotives. Frequent and up-to-date forecasts are used to properly size the number of assets to demand. Demand is converted into train counts, which in turn is converted into crew and locomotive demand. Locomotives can be redistributed around the system, but crews cannot. When demands exceed our crewing resources of a specific area, We can respond in the short term through actions such as a temporary shortage bid, which allows active employees elsewhere on the network to move from their terminal, assuming they are in a current surplus situation, to another terminal to assist in that crewing effort. Now, this effort is not fast in any way. It takes a couple weeks to reposition the employees, and then it takes another week beyond that to familiarize the employee with that terminal, which they are now engaged. For longer-term crewing requirements, we are required to hire, which is between a six to nine month process introducing a productive employee to the field. We want to ensure a balanced crew board across the network because that means crewing resources match the traffic demands. And this helps maintain consistency for our employees. That's a goal for us in providing them with regularity and being on a relatively routine schedule of these. Longer term forecasting, which is forecasting into the following year, also brings with it network capacity. By this, I mean our track, our physical plant capacity. We monitor traffic levels on individual sections or corridors of the network. And when we start approaching a certain workload threshold, we make a decision on what additional track infrastructure is required, whether it's double track or an additional siding that will help move traffic over that portion of track within a designated transit time. From the initial planning to the last spike, 
infrastructure additions can take eight to 10 months to complete, hence the need to secure forward-looking forecasts so that these actions can be carried out and enabled before the traffic wants to come online. Now, could you describe a very current example of long-term planning here? A current example of our capital spending would be along the BC North Line that runs the Prince Rupert. We are advancing a number of projects, specifically the addition of three 12,000-foot plus sidings between Prince George and Prince Rupert, these are at Bulkley Canyon, Gina, and Watson Island. And these are all scheduled to be completed within 2020. The addition of these sightings and others to come will enable our continued handling of future growth in the Prince Rupert Corridor, such as grain, intermodal, propane, and coal. Mike, can you provide some perspective on just how sharp the decline in traffic levels was at the peak of the impact of the pandemic and how that affected CN resource planning? Absolutely. Unfortunately, the pandemic quickly impacted the economy and our customers. Demand for our services dropped pretty dramatically. CN's overall traffic volume in the second quarter declined about 18% versus Q2 of the prior year, and the biggest monthly decline year-over-year was a 23% drop when comparing the month to May. For sectors such as automotive, I think the traffic decline was even far more drastic. Like many of our customers, CN adjusted resources to match the lower demand levels during the pandemic. At the peak of the pandemic, we had roughly 3,600 employees on furlough. This is between train crews, engineering, and mechanical personnel. We had roughly 20,000 CN rail cars of all types in storage status, and we had over 730 locomotives stored. This adjustment to a sudden drop in demand took huge effort and took weeks to adjust. Now, there's the adjustment to lower demand levels, and then there's ramping resources back up. Can you discuss some of the challenges that's presented? Absolutely. This is what made things so complicated for customers and CN when it comes to sorting out the recovery of the economy from the impacts of the pandemic including the specific timing of adding resources back in the network to handle projected volume. Difficult to precisely line up resources to demand in the environment of customer uncertainty and unknown timeline. At the end of May, early June, we started recalling train crews once we saw some increased demand was coming online. Commodity segments such as automotive, intermodal, and lumber were the first to signal some uh, return. Just as it was a huge effort to reduce our resources in line with the reduced demand, it was a huge effort to ramp them back up especially amongst the uncertainty of other commodities. This doesn't happen with the push of a button. Taking equipment out of storage requires additional mechanical inspections and lots of switching. Recalling crews requires up to 15 days in Canada and up to 30 days down in the U.S. due to the collective agreements we have in place. Once the employees return, they undergo refamiliarization and a safety refresh in order to ensure that the continued safe operation is at the forefront of our focus. In the case of locomotives, takes about a week to get units out of storage and make them ready for use back on the main line. Depending on how many locomotives are required, this attention, the timeline may vary. All right, let's get into some specifics here, Mike, and discuss crew base. As of the beginning of September, where did we stand and where do we expect to be at the end of, this, of September? From the peak of roughly 3,600 furloughed rail employees, I mentioned earlier, I think between July and August alone, CN recalled over 2,100. With a focus on Western Canada being the pace of that recovery, that's where the predominance of the recalls initially began. We have recalled all qualified train crews between Jasper, Alberta, Vancouver, and Prince Rupert. Train crews are being recalled elsewhere as demand increases. We are also recalling our conductor trainees who were furloughed at the beginning of the pandemic and will restart their training. In some key areas of our territory, we are recruiting for future needs. In terms of locomotives, out of an inventory of approximately 1,925 high and mid-horsepower locomotives, CN 
at approximately 135 in short and long-term storage as of mid-September, compared to the 125 at the same time last year. There's recalling employees back to active duty, and then there's pivoting to growth. What about the timelines associated with hiring and acquiring new resources? In the case of crews, uh, you're talking a minimum of six months, approximately three months in the classroom and approximately three months in the field, to the point where a conductor has the comfort level and the skill set in terms of the readiness to take on the role. It can take six months to a year to acquire or lease new locomotives, depending on the market at the time. CN's Winnipeg and Homewood training centers are open as of early September, and both with classes running and working towards the workforce demand that we see going forward in 2021. Thanks for your time, Mike. Thanks for listening to Grain Insight, an update from CN.